Hello and welcome to another book review of another book that I've just finished reading. Wow, what a tour de force, like every book. <laughs> this book is called Fates and Furies. It is a novel, which means it is fiction. It is by Lauren Groff. Um, it was written in 2015, so you know, a little bit of time ago, not as recent. Um, but you know, take yourself back to that time. This book um, is about a lot of stuff. It's about marriage. It's about lying. It's about um, suicide. So if you don't want to hear about suicide, don't listen. And other stuff. So let me just start talking about it. First of all, my mom recommended me this book. You know, she loves to read too. <laughs> like father, like son. Um, and she said it was really good. And it is very well written. It's um, exciting to read and it's interesting. And the story is has a couple of twists, which are cool. But this book is so horny. This book is all about sex. Like, literally. Like, there's a lot of... Um, that's a common, I would say that's definitely a common theme throughout. So, and I told my mom that I was like, mom, there's a lot of sex in this book. And she was like, really? I didn't remember that. Okay. Anyway, so the story is that there's this family. It takes, starts in Florida and there's a rich family and they have a son and a baby daughter and the dad dies. Um, the dad dies, the son, the son starts getting into um, doing drugs and just being a regular teenager. And the mom kind of goes a little bit crazy because her husband has died. And she actually sends her son. The son's name is Lotto. He's like the, one of the main characters of the book. She sends Lotto away to a boarding school in New Hampshire to get him to stop doing drugs um, the mom is also very into the Bible, and she's agoraphobic. She becomes agoraphobic. Um, but they're super rich. And so he, the son, Lotto, gets sent away to boarding school. He has a lot of acne. He feels very sad. He doesn't know how to deal with um, all this shit that has happened to him. And one night, he decides tonight is the night where he's going to kill himself. He, he saw a gun in, like, the principal's desk drawer for some reason. Like, he went to have a meeting with the principal, and the principal opened the drawer, and he saw a gun in there. So his plan was to go there at night and take out the gun and kill himself. The crazy part is he, um, this was actually is disturbing. He walks down the hall, and he, it's dark in this building. For some reason, the doors were unlocked. And he gets to the principal's office, um, but before he gets there, he runs into something. And it turns out to be a fucking other kid who goes to that um, boarding school who has killed himself first, who hung himself. So he literally runs into this kid's um, dead body hanging from, I guess, the ceiling. And he runs out to tell somebody about it and whatever, whatever. He's trying to deal with this shit. It was a kid who I think he knew and was another depressed kid too. Um, 
Okay, and then this is the part where he... Okay, so a, the theater teacher of the school, this kid is very into theater. Lotto gets into theater. He, the theater teacher of the school comes to, like, comfort him. To, like, be like, oh, that's terrible what you just felt and saw and, like, you know, how crazy. But, okay, there's two, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say this other than just saying it. There's two times in this book where this character, Lotto, starts crying and the other character in the scene starts sucking his dick to stop him from crying. So the first one is his theater teacher. I'm going to read this part because I really was thoroughly lost and confused when I read this scene for the first time. Because also it's like, his, that's definitely what's happening. But the language they use is like very like, what the fuck? Okay, so, okay. The he in this part is, this is being told from the theater teacher's perspective. So the he is the theater teacher. He knew only one thing that could shut off this flow of tears, and in a panic he pushed the child upright and scrabbled in his lap and took the surprise pale worm out of his jeans and it grew impressively in his mouth, thank God, and this alone was enough to stop the sobs. Baton of youth, youthfully swift too. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh was now melting, thawing, resolving itself into a spunky dew. Denton Thrasher wiped his mouth and sat up. What had he done? The, eye, the boy's eyes vanished in shadow. Going to bed, he whispered. Like, what the fuck is that? What? Who sees someone crying and is like, oh, let me suck their dick to get them to stop crying. What? Like, especially your student, too, and like an underage child. Like, very strange. Anyways, um, Lotto ends up losing his virginity to a girl at a house party and then just starts having sex a lot um he goes to college blah 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 he he sees a girl he's he has a reputation I guess he's like super attractive to people and has like an amazing personality that's how it's described in the book like oh he lights up a room he's so tall and mysterious and blah blah, blah. it's like okay anyways basically fucks every girl in college then, and never is in a relationship, just basically fucks a girl one time and that's it. And then he goes to a party and sees a girl across the room who's also tall and pale and oddly beautiful. And he goes across the room and um, gets down one knee and on one knee and proposes to her, like the first time he sees her. Um, the girl originally says no, but they get married two weeks later. Um, his mother, the crazy Bible mom, disowns him for this because she doesn't approve of the type of girl that her son has married. Um, but then the book, you know, goes on and, like, talks about the relationship. They're so in love. They fuck all the time, everywhere, blah, blah, blah. But also it's like, I don't know, it's not even, it's like, their relationship is, like, not something that seems good either. It's, like, are you... the When you're reading it, at least when I was reading it, it was, like, okay, like, what's the... Are you guys friends with each other? Or are you guys just both two tall people who love to fuck? Um, anyways, they start living together. 
So he, Lotto, wanted, wants to be an actor still, and he kind of sucks at acting. His wife, whose name is Matilde, I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I was saying it in my mind. His wife is, like, working all the time, like, doing other stuff. She's paying all the bills. She's paying the rent, blah, blah, blah. She's secretly asking um, his rich aunt for money, and she's sending some money to them. But she's like, okay, you know, um, friend, you need to start, like, making money or, like, getting a job. So he decides to become a playwright, or he writes a play instead. So that's where he finds his success. He becomes a very successful playwright. They make money. They're able to move out of their apartment, move into a better um, apartment. Um, he gets the opportunity to go on a retreat and uh, or a residency to write an opera with another um, another playwright. And it's weird. This is kind of like a little bit of a tangent in the book. I'm not sure like what exactly the point was, but he goes to this place in the woods to write an opera with this man, and they stress out about it a lot, and the man is writing the aria, the big aria of the show, and he finally decides to play it for Lotto, and he can see in Lotto's face that Lotto doesn't like it or it doesn't fit with what he had in mind. And the guy, like, overreacts and is like, oh, and just runs away. And then Lotto finds out, like, a couple months later that he drowned himself in a lake. And it's like, um, okay, wow. Um, anyways. Comes back. His life is kind of, like, a little bit, like, depressing. He wants kids this entire book. He wants kids, but... They never have kids. Him and his wife never have kids for whatever reason. And eventually he dies at 46 of an aneurysm. Um, which was very abrupt, obviously. And the book is situated, so the book is called Fates and Furies, right? You know, if you're fucking paying attention to this shit. And the first part is called Fates, and the second part is called Furies. So then it switches to part two, where we get, like, the wife side of this whole story and her whole backstory about her life and blah, 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 blah. But before I talk about that, I want to read the other part of this book where he gets his dick sucked because he's crying. So he's very, like, emotional, like, a very sensitive guy, and he, like, sometimes cries um, a lot. Well, not a lot, but he, you know, stuff affects him. So he, he listens to a song, I guess, and his wife sucks his dick because the song made him cry. So this is what it says. Brilliant May sun on the drive back from their so stolen honeymoon. Lotto, who would always be labile as a preteen, drove and hearing a sweet song, burst into tears. She did the only thing she could think of and put her head in his lap, and disinterred little Lotto to make big Lotto stop. A semi, in passing, honked its approval. What the fuck? You really, that's the only thing you can think of when your husband is crying? Suck his dick? What? That is such a strange reaction to me, and I know, like, this book is all about them fucking, but it's like, can you give him a hug? Or, like, I don't know, talk? I don't know. It just seems such, like, a, a weird thing to do, like, I wouldn't be in the mood to get my dick sucked if I'm crying. Anyways. 
So let me switch to the second part of this shit. Okay, so the second part starts the story again and kind of fills in the gaps from the wife's perspective and gives um, her information. So she lived in France as a child and she had a very mysterious life. Like her husband didn't know about her child. Apparently she had no relatives, no family, blah, blah, blah. But we find out that she lived in France and everybody, you know, she was a beautiful child. Everybody loved her. She had a baby brother and when she was four years old, she was like playing upstairs and her baby brother came out to like um, be near her and he was really a baby and he fell down the stairs and died. And there's some unclarity about whether she pushed him, um, but that's the story that was told and that's the story that her parents believed was that she pushed her baby brother down the stairs um, so her parents disown her for this for the rest of her life and never talk to her again. So she goes to live with her grandmother, who is a sex worker, and she sleeps in her grandmother's closet and she can like hear her grandmother with clients in the other room and blah, blah, blah. And then she eventually goes to live with her uncle and her uncle doesn't give a fuck about her, like literally tells her to her face, like, I could care less about you. Um, he says he's going to you know, she can get through high school, but he's not paying for her to go to college. So she wants to get out of there. So she wants to go to college. So she decides to pay for, um, to pay for college. She was going to be a model, but then like she goes to New York and, um, it doesn't go as well as she thought it would go. So on her way out of the modeling agency, she sees this guy, whatever, and he takes her out for a coffee and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, she basically makes a contract with this older man to basically have sex with him and do whatever other weird shit he wants, and he'll pay for her college. Um, so yeah, so she enters in that four-year contract. She's going to college. She's liking college. Um, you know, having to fuck this old man, and um, he treats her very badly also. Like, it's not just sex. He also makes her do, like, weird shit, like eat off the floor and stuff like that like um yeah anyways so she met this her husband who ends up being her husband lotto at that party where he proposed to her the first time he saw her um she had a week left of the sex contract that she was in so she started dating him while she was still fucking the old man and the best friend of her husband lotto found out this information so he basically he followed her one day because he was suspicious of her and saw her going into like an apartment um a fancy apartment and coming out with an old man and going out to dinner with him and like um he saw her like him like fingering her at a restaurant or whatever so he knew that she was like in a relationship with this old man but he didn't tell his best friend that because he was like oh this guy is so in love with her. I don't want to ruin their relationship or whatever. So they, um, he kept that secret. And so, but the wife didn't really like, in my opinion, she didn't cheat on her husband. The first week they were dating, she was still fucking somebody else. I don't know. To me, it's like not that 
I don't want to say like not that big of a deal, but it's like they literally just met at the party. He asked her to marry him and she was like, let's take it a little slow for me to end this contract. Like she didn't tell him she was in a sex contract with the old man. Um, but it's like, anyways, her husband thinks she's a virgin and has never fucked anybody else in her life. Um, but really she just got her period the first time they had sex. So anyways, we learned that this woman is kind of like, uh, not who she seemed to be a little bit. She also like wrote, her husband was a playwright and she would like, when he went to sleep, she would like correct his writing and like add her own edits to his writing. And that's what made his plays so good. Um, which is like fucked up, but she never told him that either. It's just like, why don't you guys like communicate well or like you have these ideas of each other in your mind that you have to keep and not tell each other but you know I don't understand marriage obviously I'm not married but it seems like you have a lot of like communication issues at least or like little stuff that you just swallow inside your body and stuff that bothers you and you just don't tell your partner about it anyways after he dies, she, like, kind of goes crazy. Um, she doesn't go out of the house. She ignores everybody who comes to, like, pay their respects and mourn her husband for a while. She just, like, stays in the house and doesn't go out to greet them. But we keep hearing, like, more and more of her backstory. Another thing that happened was, like, when she and her husband got married, the mom, his mom obviously didn't like it and disowned him. But she also fucking offered the wife literally $1 million to immediately divorce this boy and forget about him. That is also something that was super unrelatable about this book. Like, I'm so sorry if I think you're really pretty and attractive and you propose to me at a party and we get married two weeks later and then your mom is like, I will give you $1 million to divorce this boy who you barely know. I think I would take that money, like, for sure. Like, that's crazy. Also, that shows that the mom is crazy and whatever. Um, so she refused to do that. Oh, also we found, we find out, or you find out in the book that, so Lotto, the husband, really wanted kids this whole time, and the wife did get pregnant. She got pregnant, but she didn't want kids. Another thing that's like, y'all should agree on that before you get married. And she got an abortion secretly and never told her husband. And after she got that abortion, she also got an operation to get sterilized, to become sterilized. So um, she wasn't able to have kids after that. And nobody ever, her husband never knew that and just thought like, oh, whatever. Um, she also, the wife also called in favors to, like, make her husband's play successful, like, gave people, paid people off, kind of, to make sure that they produced his plays or, like, put on his plays. And then eventually her husband started getting popular after the first one, but, like, her husband just thought he was successful because he was lucky. Um, so, yeah, so the wife goes crazy after her husband dies. She crashes the bends, of course. Um, she starts fucking random people that she meets, um, in bars and stuff like that because she's only ever had sex with the old man who she was in a contract with and her husband. Um, you know, she says she never was satisfied sexually be 
this by anyone besides her husband. Um, blah, blah, blah. The way the sex is described also, though, it doesn't even, like, sound that, like, mind-blowing or amazing. Or, like, why was it so, like, great? I don't get it. But, um, to each her own. Anyways, the wife eventually then goes back to France where she grew up and where her uncle's house is. And she secretly buys the house. Like, they don't know who's buying the house. She doesn't contact her uncle or anybody. She buys the house and then pays to have it torn down. Which is illegal because the house is 400 years old. But she does it anyways because, I guess, you know, wants to take away those bad memories. Then... What she finds out also is that, okay, so the best friend of her husband told her husband like a month or two before he died that his wife, when they first met, was in a sex contract with the old man. So that really hurts her feelings to know that her husband was like distant from her in the couple months before he died. Because he had found out that she lied about that or just didn't tell him about that. So she's like, okay, I'm going to get his best friend back. Fuck his best friend. I'm a, a person who needs to get revenge. So she hires a private investigator to expose her husband's best friend. Um, and basically they find photos of him like fucking other women and his wife divorces him. So she feels better knowing that she caused him pain. Um, also, though, <laughs> okay, so as I was saying, there was a, um, so people come, her husband was, like, became famous for writing plays or whatever, so after he died, like, mourners came to the house to, like, pay their respects or whatever, just, like, apparently a bunch, a bunch of people came to his funeral, and she ignored most of the mourners and even his sister, but she let his sister in sometimes and his aunt in sometimes or whatever, um, and one day this young man comes by himself and she feels like an odd attraction to him and they fuck obviously um and he spends the night there and leaves in the morning and leaves her a little letter that says that he uh stole from her um <laughs> he stole like a copy of her husband's play because he was a big fan or whatever but we find out <laughs> That, do you remember, the person that her husband lost his virginity to, which was a girl at a house party, got pregnant by him that night that they fucked. And his crazy mom found out and forced that girl not to get an abortion because she, she believed that it was a sin, but paid her to disappear from his life and give the baby up for adoption. So that girl went through with her pregnancy, gave the baby up for adoption, eventually killed herself a little bit later, um, and the husband never knew, the son, Lotto, never knew that he had a child. Turns out that child was the young man who the wife fucked and the young man who stole the play. So this is very twisted <laughs> because, like, the wife basically fucked her stepson that she didn't even know about which is um I don't get why this was like I don't know anyways I don't know what the message there was
But yeah, it was an interesting story. Um, really lost about the message still. Um, maybe the message is you never really know all a person's secrets or like it's about holding a grudge forever and it's about love and forgiveness and blame and blah, blah, blah. Um, the wife never remarries or has another serious relationship. She dies alone in London. And um, you feel a little bit bad for her, but not much because she made so many wrong decisions in her life, like in my opinion. But her childhood was fucked up and everything started because her parents believed that she pushed her baby brother down the steps and killed him. We don't know if she did and she doesn't even remember if she did because memory is so convoluted that you start to believe stuff that people tell you. So we don't even know if she did it or not. But regardless of that, to me, she was four years old. She was a kid. And, like, you're going to punish her for the rest of her life and literally never speak to her again? Kids do stupid stuff all the time. And that was a terrible accident, obviously, whether he fell or whether he was pushed. But even if she pushed him, she probably didn't mean to kill him. She's a kid. Her brain is not formed, bro. Like... So I felt a little bad for her because that was like the beginning of her life being fucked up. It started when she was four years old. Um, but yeah, that is my freaking review of Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. Check it out if you feel, you know, some ganas to check it out now that you've heard the review. And yeah. Have a great week.